Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Well, it is a good morning to worship the Lord. And just want to say welcome to our online family as well for tuning in. So good to have you with us. Uh, It is the grand opening for Crookston's campus this morning, so we're super excited about that. And pastors Nathan and Mary are there this morning just to welcome that family and to kick things off there with Pastor Joel. And so to to begin the the sermon, I actually want to give a special shout out to a, a special volunteer team among us. You may not think of them very often, but it is our slides team, our team that uh, filters through the slides, every song and every lyric and the sermon notes. So why don't we just give an appreciation for our slides team in the back over there. If you're on the slides team, is anyone here that's on the slides team in the, in the house? All right, well, we love you guys. I actually did the slides on Wednesday night for our Wednesday night prayer. We had some worship, and I was on the slides, and it's, it's harder than you think. You really gotta, gotta key in, and there was maybe a couple times where I kind of drifted. <laughs> oh, so our team does a great job keeping us on the same page with the slides, so thank you, team. It's awesome. So if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called Raising Jesus, Lessons from Joseph and Mary on parenting overall, and I just really thought that pastors Nathan and Mary have done just a great job sharing some parental wisdom with all of us, really appreciated that, and there's some good nuggets for parents as well as if you don't have kids, uh, I think there's some overall helpful truths there, so if you aren't a parent, uh, just thank you for sticking with us in this sermon series, and I really believe a lot of helpful wisdom has been shared. For me, I know I've taken a lot away from it. But today is the conclusion of that sermon series. Next week, you know, is Easter Sunday, so we'll kind of move on to, to other things. And so this is the conclusion of the sermon series. So if you have access to the Word of God, we're going to look at the conclusion to the passage of Scripture we've been going through the last couple of weeks. So if you have access to God's Word this morning, why don't you find Luke chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then the second chapter. And we're going to read the the final passages to our our verses. And if you've been with us, you know that this is all about Jesus is 12 years old. Him and his parents go to the temple as part of an annual uh, feast that the Old Testament law called for. And he gets lost. His parents leave him in Jerusalem and he's there chatting it up with the religious professors and stuff. And they come back. And so we're going to pick it up actually in verse 48. Luke 2, starting in verse 48. When they come back and find Jesus at at the temple. Then we'll read to the end of the chapter. And it'll be on the screen as well. Look at that. Slides team. Boom, right there. (laughs) And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Man, what a great, great passage. Am I having some feedback on this? Mike, if I need to switch, just let me know. Uh, 
such a great passage. And, the, and verse 52, the last verse, is something that's really grabbed my attention. I would say this is like the grand goal of all of parenting, maybe even all of life. I mean, look at this. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Man, I mean, that could be said over my parenting, oh, A plus, over my kids, over my own life. I mean, that's like the overarching goal. Talk about a massive, massive verse. And so what I, what I wanted in this sermon was some sort of parental strategy that Joseph and Mary implemented that you and I could implement to get those kind of results. And to be honest, I didn't find any. <laughs> I mean... Up until this point, we've been kind of tracking with Joseph and Mary, but Jesus is 12, and after this, the next time we really encounter Jesus, he's 30. And so this is like a summary of 18 years. That's a long time. And the next 18 years, he just grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men like the best thing you could ever hope for. And I'm like, I need more details. What happened? What went on in those 18 years? And there's nothing else in the Bible, nothing else outside of the Bible that we know of anything of the next 18 years of Jesus or Joseph and Mary's life, except for that amazing summary of what happened. And so I really wanted to, to bring something like a silver bullet, like this is something that they did, and this is kind of what happened, and to be honest, I don't have it. The text doesn't give it to me. And the closest thing I could maybe come with was in verse 51, and it says when they went down to Nazareth and he was submissive to them. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe that's it. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of truth to, you know, Joseph and Mary gave Jesus something to submit to. There's a lot of truth to mom and dad being the authority of the homes and setting the guidelines and setting the boundaries and setting the trajectory and having boundaries and rules and teaching children the difference between right and wrong and there's consequences for doing wrong and following through on discipline and consequences. There's a lot of truth to that. I was like, ah, but to make the whole message about that seems like a stretch. <laughs> seems kind of like a stretch, uh, but even though there is good wisdom in that. So I thought, okay, so what's the, what's the takeaway? You know, what's the big takeaway? Obviously, Jesus is perfect. He's the son of God. You know, he's gonna grow in whatever setting he's planted in. We get, we get that. But is there anything we could get from Joseph and Mary for this, and the Lord helped me to get maybe a, a wider lens view of their parenting, rather than just this one instance when he was 12 at the temple, but a wider lens view of just the trajectory of their parenting when he was young up until this point, which probably gives us good indications of what continued. And what I came with and what I'm here to share with you is this, that Joseph and Mary largely had no idea what was going on. And God helped them. That Joseph and Mary had largely no idea what was going on, but God helped them. And if there ever was a silver bullet that I could give to you for parenting or for anything in life, it would be that. <laughs> Honestly, largely, we have no idea what's going on most of the time. But God is there to help us. In order to illustrate uh, this idea, uh, I would like to bring up some helpers, actually. So there are kids in the audience with us, and I have hand-selected 
two helpers for me, so if you are selected, you know who you are. Boys, can you come up to the stage and help me give a applause for my sons? Come on up, boys. All right, stand over here. This is, what's your name, son? He's speaking to my head mic. Micah. <laughs> we have Micah and? Peter. Peter, all right. So my sons, growing in the favor and with God and man, right? <laughs> so this is when you're a parent, each child, so you can look at me, Peter, we have you behind. So each child, as you know, uh, presents different needs, different challenges at any given season of life. And so as a parent, you're trying to discern what, what is the needs of my child in any given season or in this moment. And so Peter is going to put his hands behind his back, and he's going to put up, hold up some fingers behind his back, which represent the need of the moment. <laughs> and so for me as a parent, I could look at my son, and I could import everything I know about Peter. I could import all the books that I've read, all the seminars I've attended. I could import all of the strategies my parents did for me, and I could try to just condense all of that knowledge and understanding and try to guess what number Peter has behind his back which signifies the need he has in this particular season. And I'm gonna guess you have four behind your back, four fingers. Wrong. <laughs> Six fingers. All right, I got pretty close though. I got pretty close. And any given season, I could get it right or miss it. All right, Peter, why don't you put your hands behind your back, get a new number, hands behind your back. So how much more helpful would it be if I solicited the help of someone who had a better perspective than I did? <laughs> which I'm going to do. So my son Micah is going to uh, example someone with a better perspective on the needs that Peter has. So you got the numbers up? Okay, uh, Micah, what, how many fingers is Peter holding up? Four. Peter, do you have four fingers behind your back? Let me see. All right, <laughs> you got it. All right, thank you guys. Very helpful. Give a round of applause for my boys again. So, how much more helpful is it to solicit someone who has a better perspective, better vantage point on any given situation, especially the needs of our kids? And I don't want to simplify life too much, or it's just that easy, but largely that's the goal. We don't often know what's going on, but God can help us. And so the, th the overarching point is spiritual intervention is our greatest resource. Supernatural, spiritual intervention is our greatest resource in life, period. And especially for parenting. And so the Lord helped me to see that was the general theme of Joseph and Mary's life. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna take us a little walk through in what we know about Joseph and Mary and the years that Jesus was under their roof. So we'll stay in this passage and why don't you just go back to the, one of the verses that we read today, verse 50. We read that Jesus was in the temple, his parents found him, and Mary's like, why would you do this to us? And Jesus says, didn't you not know it must be my father's house? And then verse 50 gives us the insight. And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. I thought, well, you know, he's a preteen. Do you ever really understand what your kids are saying <laughs> when they're that age? But Jesus was speaking truth, and they didn't know what was going on. Jesus was speaking truth about being in his father's house and the calling that God had in his life, but they didn't know what was going on. 
And this isn't, wasn't an unusual thing for Joseph and Mary. So I'm gonna pull a lot of this from the book of Matthew, actually, where we get a lot of insight into what went on in the earlier years of Jesus, Matthew 1 and 2. I'm not gonna necessarily cite those passages because it'll just go through a lot, but I've kind of condensed the story, and then I'll just kind of walk us through. But if you wanna reference it, most of it comes from Matthew chapter 1 and 2. So the story starts off with Mary. She was engaged to Joseph. They had not been wed. They had not been together. And yet the angel tells Mary, you are going to be with child before you are with a man. And you'll be the savior of the world. And what does Mary say? How is that going to happen? And the angel basically said, God's going to do it. You ever ask God a question and get that answer? You don't really feel like you got any more insight on what's happening? (laughs) And you know what Mary said? Okay, I don't know what's going on, but I'll do what the Lord wants to do. Well, Joseph finds out about it, and being a just man, he's like, you've probably been unfaithful, and I'm just gonna separate from you quietly. Well, what happens with Joseph? An angel appears to him in a dream, and the angel tells Joseph, hey, actually, God is at work in Mary's life. She has been unfaithful. The child that is in her womb is from the Lord, and so marry her. And not only that, but the child that she gives birth to, I want you to name him Jesus. So Joseph wakes up and is like, oh, okay. (laughs) Has no idea what's going on. But God informs him, even to the point of naming the child. So at this point, Mary and Joseph really have no, (laughs) they haven't done anything except for follow the Lord's direction. Well, then you know the story progresses. They relocate to Bethlehem for the census and Mary gives birth to Jesus in Bethlehem in a stable. And then the shepherds come after being told by the angels. And they visit, the shepherds visit Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. And they tell what the angels told them. And Joseph and Mary are like, whoa, that's awesome. And then we fast forward a year or two. And then the wise men come visit Joseph and Mary and toddler Jesus probably. And they give him gold and frankincense and myrrh and costly things. And this is this amazing scene. They didn't do anything to organize that. They didn't go out of the way. They didn't do anything to plan for that. That just happened. And they're just like, whoa. And all the, all the while, Mary, it says, treasured up these things in her heart. Well, now, now things get serious. Because after the wise men come to Jesus, as you may know, Herod, who was like the ruler over that area, heard that there was a king that was born. He didn't like that. And so he made secret plans to kill toddler Jesus. What are Joseph and Mary gonna do? They have no idea this is coming. Well, an angel, again, speaks to Joseph in a dream and says, Herod's coming for this child, to kill this child, and what I want you to do is to relocate to Egypt to get away from him. And so what does Joseph do? Okay, they pack up and they relocate to a different country. And we're not sure how long Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus were, or toddler Jesus were in Egypt. It could be as short as a couple weeks or months. It could be as long as a couple years. In any case, if you relocate your family to another country at least for a couple months, you're not gonna fast during that time. So you gotta get a job and provide for your family. So God relocates the family changes potentially Joseph's career based on the needs of the family. Man, talk about spiritual intervention. 
And not only that, when, once the dust had settled and Herod had passed away who had sought the life of Jesus, then it says the angel appeared again to Joseph in a dream and says, now you can return to Israel. Joseph doesn't know what's going on, but he follows the direction of the Lord and returns to the land of Israel. Well, they it seems like they assumed to go back to uh, the land of Judea, which is where Bethlehem was, which is where Jerusalem was. And maybe they're thinking, well, Jesus is the king, the Messiah. We should probably settle somewhere close to Jerusalem, the capital of the country. That makes a lot of sense. But when they came back, the ruler that took Herod's place, they were really worried about. It was Herod's son. And being, it says, being warned again by the Lord not to relocate in that part of the country, they instead went up to Galilee and settled in Nazareth. And to my knowledge, that's all we know about Joseph and Mary and Jesus until we get to Luke 2 when he's 12. So think about everything we know about the decisions that mom and dad made, how many of them were based on their own understanding of the situation. I gathered none of them. How many of them were motivated or informed by the intervention of the Lord? All of them. And not only in spectacular ways, like dreams and things like that, but also in more natural ways. Because you know the word of God is a spiritual intervention. And when Mary and Joseph came to the temple when Jesus was eight days old, we're rewinding, they didn't do that because any angel told them to do it. They did it because that was the feast of Passover. No, because, not the Passover, that's in Luke 2. But when he was eight days old, they came to the temple to dedicate him in accordance with the law. And when they were there, a guy named Simeon, who had been waiting for Jesus, God connected the dots for him, and Simeon took him in his hands and said, this is, and prophesied over him, that this is the Messiah. He's eight days old. And another individual named Anna was at the temple, and she prophesied over him. And it's like, whoa, this is awesome. Well, what put them in that situation? They were just following God's word. And now Luke 2, the reason his parents were at the temple where they lost him in this whole scenario we've been studying was because it was the feast of Passover. And that was written in God's word that all Jews at that time would make a journey and celebrate that feast. So no great spectacular intervention caused them to do that, but they were just obeying the word of God which is a spiritual intervention and put them in a position where these things were happening and God was speaking to Jesus and is awesome. And so as I look through the wide angle lens of all the things that happened in their life, I, I just think Mary and Joseph had no idea what was going on most of the time. But God helped them. And therefore, they knew what to do at any given moment. And you know, that's true of our parenting. That's true of the each season that our kids are in. You know, God cares about those things. You know, God cares about the day in, day out stuff that you're going through. God cares about the, the toddler years. He cares about the, the, every year, everything that's going on in your life, not only if you're a parent, but in whatever you're doing. You know, God wants to give you direction and help and support? Do you know that there's an enemy, an evil one, that's out to get us, that makes schemes and plans that we are not aware of in the natural, but can be made aware of through 
the intervention of the Lord. And I just think if we put too much stock in what we can learn, what we can understand, what we can bring into each situation from our understanding, man, we're at risk. We're at risk. If we don't assume we have a massive gap in our knowledge, a massive gap in our understanding for each given situation. Makes me think of another verse, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, actually that speaks to this, and that will be on your screen, right there. Slides team, look at that, boom. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what? Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Man, that's just a blanket statement over all of life. So this is a message specifically about parenting, and now each season, each day really requires spiritual intervention from the Lord. The needs of our kids, the, the seasons that they're in, what each thing requires, but it also is applicable for all of us in whatever we're doing, to not just rely on our understanding. And it's not, doesn't mean it's bad to grow in understanding, grow in knowledge, doesn't mean it's bad to read books and to gain knowledge. That's all good, but if we lean on that, Recognize there's a massive gap between what we understand and what God understands. And the more we understand, it actually puts us in a better position to hear the wisdom of the Lord. Because if we grow in understanding and knowledge, it actually puts us in a better position to think what the Lord is saying makes sense. So it's helpful, it has a place. But it all serves this thing of listening to God's voice and God's spiritual intervention in our lives. And so obviously, my wife and I, we have four kids. And I would have told you I was ready to write the book on parenting before we had our first one. I mean, it was gonna be a bestseller to all of the non-parents. They were gonna buy that book and they say, yes. Well, if you have kids, you know that with each child, it kind of takes a, a chink out of your pride armor. And it's like, man, I don't know what's going on. Oh, man, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I, I really don't know what's going on. It's like the old saying that says, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. That's how you kind of progress. And I, I've seen that to be true. And the more that I've gone into in parenting, I'm not very far in, you know, all things considered. I'm not very far in. But I can see how, even how my own parenting has played out is, the more I'm seeing, I don't know what this season requires the more I look to the Lord and the more I ask and seek, the more I find actual help. That's like, that wasn't from me. That wasn't from us. God just dropped that into our path, into our hearts. I've even had God give me dreams like Joseph experienced. Not in even massive ways of where to live and what your career is, but in different seasons of Kelsey and I contemplating what activities should our kids be in, really thinking through what they're gonna be in and kind of resting over it. And God literally gave me a dream about how to proceed with just that season of extracurricular activities. And you know what? That, he was right, very helpful. Cut through what I couldn't see in a dream. So how, how open are we to dreams? How, how open are we to hearing from God? How open are we to actual spiritual intervention? 
You know, we gather on Wednesday night for prayer, like I mentioned, and it's just a great time. If you need a place or a time to disconnect, to unplug, if you can't find that place at home or wherever you're at and you need a place just to come and say, God, I'm just gonna open my ears to you. I really encourage you to come Wednesday nights at seven o'clock here at the church. And if that doesn't work, just some place where you say, God, I just wanna unplug and speak to me. Speak to me and expect him to speak to you. And there might be ways that we're not necessarily comfortable with right away or maybe not familiar with right away. But man, I just believe if, if we open ourselves to that, to the Lord, it, it could change the whole trajectory. It could just change the whole story of what we're going through, what we're doing for our kids, or whatever season or stage of life you're in. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Joseph and Mary didn't know what they were doing, but God helped them. You know, help us too. So I do want to invite the band. If you guys want to come back up, wanted to keep it just a little shorter for the just for the family Sunday. Uh, but we're going to close with a song, uh, is I think most of us know, called The Blessing. And it's just a popular song. It's a great song. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Just straight from Scripture. This is just straight Scripture blessings. And there's a lot of blessings in Scripture. And so as we sing this song, if, if you are a parent and if your kids are here today, you know, you can, you can sing it as to the Lord. And I think we should do that. But almost, you could say it as praying a blessing over your kids to say, you know, if, if the Lord doesn't show up for us, there's a, there's a big gap here. And we're just gonna sing this as a, as a cry for God's blessing. And as we sing, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, make his face shine upon you, that's our heart, that God's blessing would be with us, that God's favor and his hand would go with us. And if you're not a parent, I think this can just be a, a similar heart cry, a blessing. If God's hand isn't with me, if God doesn't intervene in my life, man, I'm, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You could be an expert in your field, but if God doesn't intervene, man, we're, we're sunk. And so we're just gonna together just sing this song of blessing and our hearts just to look to the Lord's hand and the Lord's blessing. And you know, I believe God's gonna do that. The more we look to him, the more we ask the more we seek, you know, the more that we find. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.